Hey kids, it's your old pal Greg the Slayer. How the hell you doing? Tonight's podcast is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Make your custom button design a reality. Do you have a project that you'd like to promote? Do you have a business you'd like to promote? Do you have an event coming up and you'd like to preserve the memory by making a custom pin on button? Well, have no fear. Lone Star Buttons is here. Lone Star Buttons offers a variety of products at high quality and great prices. Not only do they make buttons at different sizes and shapes, they can also make commemorative magnets, mirrors, bottle openers, and other assorted promotional items. If you want to take advantage of this great company, all you got to do is email info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281-798-1996. Tell him Gorag sent you, and you want to suck on those hairy tits. Oh, yeah. Also, if you want to take part in the show, that being sending in news stories, friend questions, whatever you want to talk to us about, you can email us at rotwpodcast at gmail.com. We've also got this thing going on for the next who knows how long. Uh, If you send us an email with the word swag in the title and put your address into the body of the email (laughs) we're gonna send you an envelope full of whatever we got laying around here and maybe some new stuff too well for sure the new stuff because you know that's why we're making it we have some new stickers coming out and we want to see those things all over the place so send us in a picture and we will post it on our social medias ain't that keen anyway come you pre-recorded live from atomic age studio a in beautiful pasadena texas it's the Revenge of the World podcast with your hosts, Gabe Google Me Dieter and Bitchin' Brennan Birch. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to <laughs> Revenge of the World episode 130. I have 30 written in the uh, show title, but whatever. Uh, I'm your host, Gabe Dieter, and I'm here with Bitchin' Brendan Birch. What's up, creeps? What's up, dude? Oh, man. How uh, you been? We haven't uh, done a show in a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little bit. I don't know. You know. We've been saying that more and more often. Yeah, it's not good. We need, we need to be better about doing this. If we would only get friend questions in from our audience we could uh do more shows yeah so really it's kind of your fault <laughs> bastards one of us is going to end up in jail and yeah. it's going to be the audience's fault yep so what's going on dude oh man what, what's what's been happening these past couple weeks uh you know typical work drama a lot of that uh you just filled me in on all those details yeah. and now i'm gonna spill it yeah we're not gonna talk about that because i don't want to go to jail i'm not gonna say jack shit all right. I don't know nothing. I don't yeah. know nothing about nothing. Suck it, cops. Uh, <laughs> uh, why would you go to jail? I mean, it is, you know, there's there's a lot of proprietary trade secrets. But they're not like it. national top secret stuff. National defense secrets. I don't know. I just I just choose not to talk about it. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm right? just scared, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're out to get me, man. Nah. Oh. It's all good. I think I think they I think that tr- things are now trending in a positive direction, which is is good um yeah it's all a shell game brennan <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
There's no context. Nope. Um, uh, yeah, so... So work stuff that you can't talk about. What yeah. else? What else? Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my life... I did some work for... I have an art show coming up on Friday. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a group show. It's an Adult Swim tribute show, which, you know, not normally a scene, but I think I did a pretty good piece for it this time. Feeling Who'd pretty, you pick? Uh, I'm not going to tell. It's it's kind oh. of a surprise. Uh-huh. Um, and and honestly, I don't think that a lot of people will get it, but I think the right people will get it. Squidbilly versus Japanese tentacle porn? Nah, nah, not this time. All right. But that's a good idea. You should have talked to I, me. I should have done that, yeah. <laughs> I should have done some Squidbilly hentai, man. I'm, yeah. I, I think I really screwed up. Wasted a lot of time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just worked on that thing. Um, I went to Half Price Books this weekend, and... Oh, yeah, you tried to uh, con me into buying a... An L. Ron Hubbard book set? I didn't try to con you into anything. I tried to present you with an opportunity. <laughs> uh, That's what most con people look at it as. Yeah, they had uh, the 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 half price books on the con- corner of uh, Westheimer and Montrose in Houston has the entire like collected like short fiction works of L. Ron Hubbard. It's like over thirty volumes, like everything this guy's ever written for everything, uh-huh. and they're like leather bound. They're really nice. And it's it's like everything but Dianetics, basically, that the guy's ever written. Yeah. Uh, they had the entire set for 250 bucks, And you know what? I'm kind of thinking about it. Go halfies? I mean... <laughs> I, we'll keep it in the, uh, the Atomic Age Studio it, library. It, it would be... You know, it, I, I think it's a cool piece of like memorabilia, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, and I am fascinated with him as a writer, because I've never read any of his work as outside of Dianetics. So I'm kind of curious what his fiction is. Yeah. Um... And let's see what else. I, we ended up finding this book uh, called uh, The Leather Man's Handbook. Hmm. And actually, it's volume two of The Leather Man's Handbook. And what it is, is a book about the leather daddy lifestyle. Really? Yeah. And it, it's like a little paperback book. You know, uh, my girlfriend bought it for like three bucks because it's kind of a funny purchase. Uh-huh. And we're kind of reading through it in the store. And basically what it is, is a catalog of the things this guy has stuck into his body. Now, <laughs> we got home, and uh, she started kind of looking this book up on the internet. Apparently, it's highly sought after. Really? The first edition printings of this paperback book are going for $500. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, we the, the printing we found was like fourth edition or something, but it's still worth like 50 bucks. Nice. And yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool find. And whenever we went to purchase it, uh, the lady at the... At the uh, the the cashier, you know, she was like saying, "Yeah, this really should have been in like the the special, you know, it should have been in, like a special section or something." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like rare books, and we're like, "Well, we found it right there on the shelf," and she's like, "Well, it's priced for three bucks, okay." But yeah, nice. Ended up kind of being a rare book, but yeah, it, it's it's a pretty intense read. <laughs> I wonder who this, what this, what else the seller had when they brought in that book. I'll tell you what they had. They had uh, a collection of science fiction novels that were written by the same author that are like, they're like, it's called 2069 is the name of the books. <laughs> and there was like one book. Hey-o. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a nice little pun there. But yeah, it's like, it's uh, gay science fiction that was written in like the 70s. Nice. Like super, like, it's like a big, thick book. It's like kind of deep. I bet it is. Hey-o. Yeah, it's a big, thick, black, cylindrical book. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was like a collection of three books, and I imagine that one's probably worth some money as well. I kind of want to go back and get it. But <laughs> let's go, let's go after yeah. the show. <laughs> and what half right? No, don't, don't, don't put it up. I, I already blew it up. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, and uh, 
she also purchased a movie called uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Have you ever seen this? Mm. It's a, it's about like a teen beauty pageant like in Wisconsin or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a best in show kind of mockumentary type thing. Mm-mm. It's great. It, it, it's a, it's like it's a total teen girl movie, but it's really really good. <laughs> Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, it has uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, the lady that plays the mom in Jun- the stepmom in Juno and i think ellen barkin's in it like kirstie alley's in it. a bunch of random kind of people mm. are in it i think britney murphy's in it god rest her soul and uh <laughs> brennan birch just made the sign of the cross yeah you know shout That's out to britney it. murphy um yeah and it, it's, it's a really solid movie i mean i was i was frankly quite surprised i think you know i would say it's equally as good as like mean girls as far as like teen girl movies nice yeah it's pretty solid i think people I have no idea out. about that either oh it's good okay yeah. cool is it as good as uh what is it what is that singing movie where it's like high school singing high school musical no grease no wait is it about cheerleading no no let's bring it singing. on bring it on yeah that, that was a good one yeah bring it I on like that bad. movie I, there was a singing one i don't remember what uh, it was hmm. anyway so yeah you know kind of did that this weekend you know just half price books uh went to some like japanese tea place got some tea it was very caffeinated pretty good man uh me and jess or rather i've been craving uh tapioca tea yeah well yeah that's that's, that's, that's kind of like a boba years. tea kind of place nice uh yeah so that place is like right there behind half price books that's called kung fu tea it's pretty good hmm. uh what else did i do this weekend i think that was kind of it uh went to a little kid's birthday party brought nate yeah that was fun you have fun yeah i mean it was, it was like raining kind of bad but it was like my my nephew uh he turned eight and it was like all his little football friends, so they're just like little idiots, and they wanted to play out in the mud. Mm. Yeah, everybody had a good time. It was cool. <laughs> That's always fun. Everybody just got dirty and ruined my sister's yard. It was pretty <laughs> hilarious. But you know, all the kids were good. Everybody had a good time. Cool, good stuff. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's up with you, Gabe? Um, <laughs> last week I went for my nu- nuclear stress test. <laughs> How'd they, that go? They pumped radiated fluid into my body twice. Yeah? Uh, this is a weird experience. The uh, I haven't been able to tell this story to be funny, <laughs> but okay. I'll go ahead and tell it anyway. Um, so, we haven't done a video podcast in a while, but just for the listeners, I'm out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had me get on a treadmill, and they made me walk at a... A slight incline mm-hmm. and i was like oh cool i can do this no problem because i got a bad knee i got a really bad knee yeah and uh they said all you're gonna have to do is walk uh very fast i was like cool i can do that no problem i have my fucking nice shoes on to do that um so then second stage went uh quite a bit faster mm-hmm. and at a steeper incline yeah so i was really pumping really pumping my legs and uh I was like, "Holy shit! Um, I don't, I don't know if I can go any faster than this." Yeah, I was like trying to do the math in my head, but uh, you know, before I could reach a conclusion, he, he fucking raised the incline some more, and I was running. Wow! <laughs> I was full on running up a fucking hillside. <laughs> what before this test? When was the last time that you ran? Uh, it was. It's probably been six years yeah yeah wow and i ran farther on this machine than the last time i ran yeah uh so 
I'm running and I'm panicking because I know I can't do this for more than at the most five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a couple more strides left in me and I look down and that fucking emergency stop button is screaming at me like, hit me, <laughs> hit me. <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't hang in, man. I fucking balled up my fist and fucking gave that button a smash. Yeah. And, uh, the tech was just super calm and like he just looked over me and was like i wish he hadn't done that <laughs> i was like oh fuck i just fucked up this test and i'm gonna have to redo it again yeah but no um my heart was still blasting so uh he just lowered it level at the same speed and i, I didn't have any problem yeah but uh yeah my legs my knee swelled up pretty bad yeah it was uh not not fun after that Apparently there was a cop chase, uh, uh, car chase outside the building while I was having that time. <laughs> awesome. I wish I'd been able to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, um, it sucks. It's been raining so much yeah. that I haven't been able to get to my studio because <laughs> my backyard's like so sloshy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went out there a couple times just to check on things. The mosquitoes are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like talking like a dozen mosquitoes swarm my legs and arms yeah it sucks other than that nothing. yeah oh but we do have some news about our uh zine fest venture yeah if, if you think we should get into that uh yeah i, th- I think we can get into it diplomatically <laughs> <laughs> diplomatically okay um short this... answer we're not doing it right <laughs> that's the short answer i no, i mean it's nothing I don't have hurt feelings about it. Nah, it's just not, not worth because we signed up for a full table. Right. We were gonna share it, which means you would have had a couple zines maybe. Yeah. And I have I have like a dozen zines, merch, prints. You have I mean you have like a solid like decades worth of DIY. Yeah. And you're pretty much kind of in your quiver there. And, yeah. And I, I I would have had maybe two or three zines. Well two zines and like, you know, some artwork, you know, yeah. some, some just kind of cheap little one-offs that you know, I could sell. So, you know, with that in mind, uh, they decided to only offer half tables. Yeah. And that was, you know, today mm-hmm. or maybe, I don't know when, when the email was sent out, but yeah. I immediately thought like, that's just not enough no. to warrant. You know, I, I, I take zines, I take zine fest very seriously when mm-hmm. I sign up to do it. Right. I bust my tail trying to produce something really good mm. every every time I, I do it. And uh, for a half table, I just don't see the value in taking all my shit there, setting up, sitting there for, you know, six hours and yeah, not being able to offer the wide variety of stuff that I have mm-hmm. to make, you know, something uh, of value to everyone. Right. You know, because, you know, I've tried the half table thing. And like, like the, when we did it, yeah, I, I literally only had half a table mm-hmm. and I, I had to like only have a f- some zines and maybe some buttons and that's yeah. it. And I sold nothing. <laughs> like I, I made like five bucks up until you decided to go. Yeah. And then I spread out all the rest of my shit and I started raking in the money. Yeah. So for, for me to do a half table, it, it made no sense, yeah. especially when I was sharing it with you. 
so, so basically what you're saying is that I'm dead weight at Zine Fest. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, you, you sold zines, right? I didn't sell much. I made, I think I made like 15 bucks. Like I, I made my money back, you know? Hey man. Yeah. I, I bet a lot of people were in, in those same shoes. Yeah. But like you said, I have a shitload of stuff. Right. Uh, from over the years and it, it just works better when I can present some variety, you right. know? And, uh, I can't do that this year. So I just, I'll wait, I'll wait till, you know, something else comes up or, yeah. or maybe they'll, they'll do it next year. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to quit, but no. I'm not going to do it this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's like so many like art markets now for, yeah. I, I think you, you would probably do great, you know, doing some of those art markets and stuff. No, I, but. I, I do. I have done a lot of art markets and I've made, good money yeah but i love zine fest i really genuinely love yeah it's like fun to go around and be able to like kind of talk to people and trade and you know yeah be around other people that like to do it yeah like, and not not just like as far as like selling things or whatever but the, like the overall experience of the event you know uh-huh. yeah it's definitely cool so my thought is staple is in march yeah um uh, i still have you know I still get e- emails about registration from them, so maybe we can do that. Yeah, and just get a full table and sp- it's fucking expensive though. Yeah, and we gotta find a place to stay. Yeah, but it's a bigger venue. There's a lot more people. Probably break even, you know. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. So stables fucking fun. It's a fun trip to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Stables a lot of fun because you, you you think about Zine Fest and the. The kind of people that gravitate, yeah, the, that love zines, and I'm one of them, of mm. course. But it's just, it's wild. Yeah, it, it's a lot more wild at uh, Staple. I don't know what the what the. It's probably like a band coming through Houston. They're just like they hit Dallas. Everybody's going fucking crazy, and then they come to Houston, and it's just like more of a toned down crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. DIY is hard. DIY is hard, Brennan. Especially when you're making fucking, I don't know, business decisions from it. It's yep. weird. Yeah, it is weird. After making art decisions from it. Anyway, uh, what else we got? I was going to talk, I planned on talking about a zine that I was creating, but since that's on the back burner now, I'm going to skip that. Yeah. You want to hit up some news? Yeah, let's do it. We all know what time it is. It's time for the news with Gabriel Dieter and friends. I forgot to tell you, uh, the results of that nuclear stress test. Yeah. Uh, I have no blockage in my heart. What? <laughs> yeah. Then how, what? Then how what, is that even possible? Then what happened to you? <laughs> It's just high blood pressure, man. Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. I gotta admit. What am I gonna say? I mean... Hey, man. Genetically, uh... You're genetically Dieter, man. I'm like, yeah. You're you're powerful peasant stock. Yeah. (laughs) I can eat pizza and fucking hamburgers and not have a heart attack. I might have a stroke, but not a heart attack. Yeah. (laughs) Try again. First story was sent to us by a listener, um... He was also on the show once, uh, Mike Todd. Um, the author of How to Murder Your Husband is arrested for allegedly killing her husband. <laughs> what did they think she was going to do? Uh, what did her husband think she was going to do? Yeah, like who stays married to a person that like has written this book? Who 
pisses off their wife. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, this God. Oof. So her her genre is uh, romantic suspense. Okay. I didn't know that was a genre. I mean, it's more of a description. Yeah, I I, I always heard that uh, described as an erotic thriller. No, oh, you know, yeah. But I mean, that uh, maybe that's more basic instinct. So what is what is romantic suspense? <laughs> well, I know there's romance novels, but oh, yeah. that shit that that those books usually do have a little bit of erotica mm-hmm. peppered in there. Yeah, I mean, look at the covers, dude. It's all Fabio and yeah, dressed like a pirate. <laughs> We need to pick up some of those and start reading chapters on the show. Yeah. That'd be fun. Let's just turn into like a weird romance novel podcast. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Just take a hard turn at episode 130. <laughs> a hard left. <laughs> what? Because my dick, man. Ah. Uh, okay, yeah. so <laughs> police in Portland, Oregon arrested Nancy Cr- Crampton Brophy, uh, age 68, uh, last Wednesday and charge her with murder and the unlawful use of a weapon. Her husband, a 63-year-old chef, was fatally shot at a, in a kitchen in Oregon Culinary Institute on June 2nd. Mm. Yeah, she did it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Killed. know any facts of the case at Killed all. Killed him at work. Yeah. Mm. Man. Yeah. What if she didn't do it, though? There's always that chance. You know, I mean, I mean could I mean, be a It's the perfect crime, really, when you think about it. Yeah. yeah could, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the lifetime movie where that shit happens yeah i mean it, it could be like a disgruntled student mm-hmm. you know we don't know yep um yeah i don't know man you know what i don't think <laughs> i like that this article said murder mayhem and gore seem to come naturally to me which means my husband has learned to sleep with one eye open wow hmm. i don't know that i could be married to someone like that <laughs> I mean, I already have enough trouble sleeping. Without I don't having blame to worry you, dude. Yeah. I don't blame you. No. What else we got, Brennan? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, huh? let me get this one. Okay. This one's about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so he's supposedly going to be in the uh, Big Trouble in Little China sequel. Yeah. What are your feelings on this, Brennan Birch? Uh, I think that there are lots of things that. I don't necessarily approve of that are going to exist, and I don't have to go see them. But I've enjoyed most of what he's been in <laughs> that I've seen. Such as? I mean, I didn't hate Jumanji. <laughs> no, Jumanji was actually it's, it's, good. A, it's a fun kid movie. I mean, I, I personally really enjoy the original Big Trouble in Little China. I don't think that he's going to fill Kurt Russell's shoes. Uh, I'm not sure what John Carpenter's involvement is, but I expect, I expect that if it's like anything else that he's been involved in lately, it's probably not very much. He's probably just cashing a check. Um, that's rude. (laughs) That's what he'll tell you. (laughs) Really? He has no problem with taking that check. You know, I mean, he let Rob Zombie remake Halloween. Come on. He let Rob Zombie remake it? Yeah. He said, make it your own and took the check. (laughs) He took a check for that? Did he? Yeah, he got paid. He owns the rights to all that stuff. He does? Yeah. Holy shit. That, that, that's why he's able to buy all those synthesizers and tour on him as a musician now. <laughs> what about what about his uh, this movie coming up? What's in his involvement in that? Uh, he took a check and said, make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, he, no, he did the score. They, they hired him to do music. For oh, really? It. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, it's with bonus it's, check. Yeah, it's with Carpenter's Blessing. And nice. You know, he's getting that sweet, sweet mu- music publishing. Yeah, so nice. 
What else we got, Brennan? Uh, let's see. Let's talk about this guy in Florida. Hold on. Let me get my phone to open. Yeah, okay. So there was a guy, a homeless man in Florida, that found a dead body. And the way that he reported finding this dead body was he took the skull and went into a Publix grocery store and started using it as a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess this took place in uh, Sebastian, Florida. This guy found a decaying human head, took it in the store, used it as a puppet, and... I don't know. I guess he was arrested. It was located. No, he wasn't arrested. He he showed the cops where the body was because you know he couldn't carry the whole body. Right, right, right. To you know, tell anybody about it. So he just took the head <laughs> and was like, "Hey, check this shit out." What was the thinking? He's <laughs> like moving the mouth. Hey, everybody! Maybe you should come find <laughs> my body. Seem to have lost my head. <laughs> so uh, he led the cops. Yeah. Is that your phone or? Uh, I think it's my headphones. Um, yeah. So he led the no, was, sorry. Yeah. He led the cops to where the body was, and they couldn't identify it. So, who knows? It was it was close to like a a homeless camp. That has to be like desecrating a corpse, though, right? He took a he removed a head of a dead body. Maybe it was already decapitated. Maybe there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Here Highlander battle. <laughs> Born to be kings. Is of the universe. Okay, that's enough of that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. People drinking their own blood for science. That was a really confusing. Uh, yeah, I get. I guess they're trying to like uh, find a means of like diagnosing Crohn's disease. Yeah. So they were giving people like like they're looking for this like specific protein that's like uh, linked to the problem in their intestines or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they fed them their own blood. And then I guess they tracked what it did digestively. <laughs> Are you going to try this method, Brennan? No, I think I'm good. I mean, I don't know. I, I, do pro- you- I probably do have this inflammatory bowel disease, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the report was a little heady for me. I didn't really. Yeah, it seemed a little, it was a little science journaly. Yeah, so. <laughs> the headline was fucking got my interest, though. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's why I <laughs> sent it to you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, do you have any details on it? Oh. Like where they're doing it or? No, I just closed out the story. All right. Well, <laughs> fuck that story then. Yeah. Too smart for us. God damn it. Halloween's coming. Yeah. And people are drinking their own blood. Maybe um, you should be too. Yeah. If you're not drinking your own blood, you're blowing it. So I sent you this article about, uh, this New York Times reporter ignoring Trump news for a week. Hmm. How, how would you do that as a New York Times reporter? Well, the thing was, <laughs> uh, the the interesting thing that happened was he could not find any news. There was no news that was not Trump-oriented. Yeah. It's like him as a subject took up everything that was going on <laughs> or everything <laughs> that was being covered. And that's about it, man. Yeah. That's, that's... fucking crazy. I mean, I, I identify with that because, you know, doing a news show, we... It, we do kind of struggle sometimes. Yeah, we try not to talk about him, and that's kind of difficult often. <laughs> it really is. When it dominates like the news cycle, you know, what do you what do you do? Yeah, so we pretty much just give in sometimes and fucking do it. Yeah, and here we do are. It anyway, here we are. Trump administration is suing California to quash its net uh, new net neutrality law. Ugh. So, from my understanding, is 
the U.S. gov the U.S. government legislated this new law. Yeah, where the telecom companies can pretty much throttle your website. Right. If it's not a priority to them, meaning mm. you probably have, probably have to pay a fee to get it throttled up. Right. Which is, I mean, that's my idea of it. I don't know what's actually going to happen because it hasn't taken place yet. Like it's not settled in. It's law, but it's not settled in. Mm. So. What California did was they wrote their own net neutrality law, which says everybody gets a fair shake. Right. Like, everybody's the same speed. There is no throttling in the state of yeah. California. They're basically just trying to keep the free and open internet that everyone's been fighting for and apparently losing all this time. Which is really, it's unfair for us because we can't do that here because, you know, nobody cares. But in California, that's where Silicon Valley is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where the the hub of a lot of uh, internet creativity happens. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it would make sense for them to say, no, you're not going to, right. Nobody's going to do that shit here. Cause our, you know, like what is it? A third of their, of California's economy is technology based. Right. So yeah, they told them to kick rocks with that shit. Yeah. So now, uh, Jeff Sessions is going to move ahead and sue California. <laughs> <laughs> because supposedly they don't have the authority to do that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, technically they don't, on the federal level, they don't have the authority to have legalized drugs, legal weed, you know, right. doing it anyway. Well, the thing I find interesting is, you know, every day if you tune into conservative radio, mm. the issue of states' rights States' rights, up, states' rights, yeah, here we are. Comes up nonstop, but since it's California... Mm -hmm. Nobody's gonna come to their defense. Oh, of course not. Not you know. It's it's. Uh, I want my rights, and I'll defend them. But right. Your rights mean nothing to me. Of course. So I don't know. It's just more hypocrisy. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because doing this show, I have lost my soul. Yeah, just lost all faith in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's get some really horrible news. Uh, New Jersey surfer dies of brain-eating amoeba after dip in Texas wave pool. <laughs> oh, sucks. man. So, man. I've heard these stories before. Yeah. Brain-eating really? ame amoebas are fucking legit. <laughs> like, that shit happens more often than you would think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this time... So, so, this is the only person that's gotten this thing? Like, was he just, like, in this wave pool with his mouth open, just, like... <laughs> no, man, I mean, your your uh, your skin is an organ that can absorb your eyes, your ears, yeah. mouth, uh, your asshole. Did you see the the guy shitting in the, in the lake where he, like, lifted his ass out of the water like a humpback whale and fucking shot <laughs> no? diarrhea out of it? <laughs> Shit's amazing, man. Why would I have seen that? I, I thought I put it in the Tootsie Fritzie uh, Instagram chat. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Oh God. We'll, we'll revisit that after the show. Yeah. Okay. I know that exists um, now. <laughs> so, like, nobody else caught this. Not that I. I don't know, man. Amoebas are tiny. They're microscopic. I know, but the, I mean, in a what in are a, the chances? In a, yeah, that you're gonna catch that one, you know, mm -hmm. that one amoeba. Yeah, I mean, it's not only. I mean, not only is it tiny, but they have a limited lifespan. So yeah. you really got to just be an unlucky son of a yeah, bitch. I mean, this guy basically hit the sucky lottery, you know. And 
I mean, that, that just goes to show you, like, don't do any adventurous activity at all. Don't do bad stuff. Like, <laughs> even in, like, a controlled environment, you're going to die. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> worth it. It's not worth getting out in the sun and having yeah. fun and shit. Yeah. Stay out of waypools in Texas, man. That's all I can tell you. Yep. It's like my grandma used to always say. Did she? Yeah. <clears throat> all right, dude. You got a yeah. uh, murder and mayhem for us? Nope. You got any friend questions? Let's do friend questions real quick. Hey, shout out to Jupiter Morales, Utah Pierce, and Lee Dog Yanez for liking our friend question request, <laughs> but not leaving a friend question. Why do we even do this? We appreciate you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Um. Uh, what do we got, Brennan? I don't know, man. I don't know that we have anything anymore. <laughs> Are we running on fumes? Is this the end? It might seem like it to yeah. the naked eye, but uh, <laughs> we have some bumper stickers coming out soon. So, so we got to do at least six more months. <laughs> yeah, at least. See you. That's twenty-four more episodes. See, see you at the funeral. Um. Let's do some tinfoil tirade. Okay. Alright, man. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. I'm just gonna read the beginning of the story. Okay. Uh this was where was this? This was on NPR in uh Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes. Connecticut. Uh, police. Connecticut police responded to a report of gunshots in a Connecticut home. <laughs> a man there said he was a paranormal investigator. He said he was shooting at an intruder who was a possible ghost. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to unpack. I mean... Okay, let's assume the intruder was a ghost. Yes. You can't shoot a ghost. <laughs> well, let's not be too hasty. Maybe they were using... I mean, th- this was blessed, not... Blessed bullets? <laughs> the man didn't have a proton pack. Bullets made, uh, bullets filled with sage and <laughs> white whatever. I don't know what the fuck. Ground up uh, elephant tusks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's in that, right? Yeah. It, uh... Kills ghosts and cures impotence. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. No wonder we don't have any friend questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, you lived in a haunted house for a little bit. Yeah. Did you ever, ever have the motivation to shoot <laughs> inside your own home? You know, I no. Nah, because, well, first of all, I was renting, so that would have come mm, out of my deposit. A, that would have been rude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just... You would think that a paranormal investigator would understand the rules of how ghosts work a little better. You would think. Yeah, I don't know, man. This guy needs to go back to paranormal investigating school. What if his mother or father had been standing behind the ghost? Yeah. Or wife? Could have could really hurt somebody. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so you want to hear the the uh, this guy's explanation of it? Sure. Good morning. I'm Steve Inskeep. Police responded to a report of gunshots in a Connecticut home. 
and found him. Wait, no, this. No, you're you're just reading the transcript from NPR. God damn it. Steve Inskeep is an NPR reporter. Son of a bitch, Steve. This <laughs> is confusing to me because I've never been on the NPR website. Yeah, that is kind of a weird way to put it. So he said it was a paranormal investigator and he was shooting at an intruder who was a possible ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And let's Suppose see. you really were a paranormal investigator. Suppose you did encounter a wandering spirit. If you fired a gun in that situation, exactly what makes you think it would do any good? Um, good question, Steve. That's yeah. that should be our friend question of the night. Steve Inskeep from NPR. Steve Inskeep. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. What if the ghost solidified into a uh, diamond hard form, and the bullet ricocheted and hit yourself? Ah, man. What would, a way to go! Shooting at a ghost and kill yourself. It would look like a suicide. I bet that's what's happened several times. You think so? Yeah. So all these like people that are committing suicide are actually just yeah fighting off ghosts right in diamond form with guns. <laughs> well, now that you put it that way, and, and you're grabbing your head in pain, <laughs> it seems a little sillier than when I said it. A little bit far fetched, just a little bit. Hey, man, it's sinful tirade. Yeah, it's about opening your mind to possibilities and letting your common sense pour out. Yep. So, uh, you have any ghost stories for us? Well, no, nothing that I've already told. I mean, I've told. Come all my on, stories. our our listeners haven't listened to stories from six months ago. Yeah, that's their loss. I have a ghost prank that I pulled on my mom. Oh yeah, I put a a, a white plastic bag over a balloon. Yeah, and I floated it into the living room while she was watching TV. <laughs> and she screamed. Wow. Yeah, pretty fun. <laughs> fun times. We got anything else, Brennan? I don't have anything else. All right. How about we uh, thank you to LoneStarButtons.com, our longest sponsor, <laughs> longest running sponsor. Um, if you would like something to promote something you are doing, or something, you can order something uh, being custom pin-on buttons or, or mirrors or magnets or anything that dude Adam Simpy Jones has to offer. If you pay him enough money, he might open the old peach and let you take a look. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just get in touch with Lone Star Buttons by email, info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call him on his personal cellular device at 281-798-1996. Uh, mention Revenge of the World, and he'll throw in some swag for free. Whatever you're ordering, he'll throw some in. Um, and that's it, man. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show... That being sending in friend questions, <laughs> hint, hint, <laughs> or uh, whatever you want, news stories, whatever, uh, you can email rotwpodcast at gmail.com. We will take a gander mm-hmm. and answer that shit. Yes, we will. Or, you know, read it on the show or whatever. Dude. Yeah. I went comic book shopping this weekend. Oh, I yeah? forgot to tell you. No. When's the last time you went to a comic book shop? Um, Maybe like three or four months ago. Really? Yeah. It it kind of fascinates me how how much traffic I saw going in and out of Bedrock. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that are into comic books and comic book related hobbies, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that shit's alive and well. Yeah. It's it's, it's like it's it's not a nerdy thing anymore. Well. I mean, it's 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 nerdy, but it's not like you know, it's not like a nerdy thing that people are like ashamed of. You know. Right. It's, Nobody gets bullied at school anymore for reading comic books. No. 
they're more likely to get them stolen. Yeah. So that the cool kids can read them too. Yeah. You know, all the all the football team, you know, like to bully you and take your copy of Batman Year One and. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Um, what's the last comic book you read? Um, I bought a, a trade of uh, Transmetropolitan. It's like an old, uh, like a DC series from the nine. It was Vertigo from the nineties. Hmm. Wanted to give it a shot. It's not very good. Oh. Uh, people like it. I don't. It's it's very it's very very of its time. You know, yeah. it's very you know nineties British comic books. You know. Uh, yeah. I I've been re rereading nineties stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, great stories hold up. Yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. Like you know. I've been reading some key X-Men and key Avengers stuff, and I don't see... I see that stuff's progressed since then, right. but uh, I, I still love reading that, that mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Well, yeah, if that's what you grew up with. Yeah. And I've read I've read new stuff, too, and that's great, mm-hmm. but there was like a, a lack of today's uh, political stuff, you know, and, and it, it had the political stuff of the 90s yeah. instead, and it was just, I don't know, just different it's a different flavor yeah i mean that's definitely like a lot of what transmetropolitan is it's it's about you know a newspaper reporter mm. so i mean it's, trench coat it's, uh no he's like no. Okay. yeah i mean he basically st- he starts the book looking exactly like alan moore and oh. you know he gets his job back and he ends up like shaving his head and yeah you know, it's, it's like it's 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 just very british 90s you know we call people fracking assholes <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> Which I don't know. I guess like speaking of uh, British comics, uh, we lost one of the creators of Judge Dredd today. Did we? Yeah, uh, Carlos uh, is. I don't know how to say his last name. It's a Spanish last name. Like one of the original artists. Yeah, he oh, died okay. at seventy years old today. Did he die at his drawing table? Uh, or was he a writer? He was an artist. He was, he was an artist. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like kind of like the guy that created the look of Judge Dredd. And, oh wow. Yeah. So that's a bummer. You know, I always enjoyed Judge Dredd. Yeah. I mean, Brian Ballin's kind of my guy on Judge Dredd, but. Who's the who is the the cover artist that did like a big Judge Dredd book? Um, there's an there's an artist that m- mainly did covers, and it took him like over a year to do one book. Uh, that might have been Brian Ballin. Really? Yeah, his stuff is like really detailed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this book came out really badass. Yeah. I mean, every frame is a it's cover. Amazing. It's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. What are we gonna do? Like all these great artists are going to be dead someday yeah like soon well i mean that, that that's kind of always happened you know? yeah but they're not even celebrated like like they should be you know because mm-hmm. they're they're fucking legends yeah you know if well yeah if you're running the, if you're reading in those circles they're legends yeah like uh paul glacy died mm-hmm. dude's a badass yeah I don't, I don't hear anything about him anymore yeah he I mean, he's, he's kind of a deep cut you know he's not yeah you know People will find him, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. You know. Yeah, Richard Corbin's going to die, and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take some time away from the show. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be sad. Yeah, I'll be taking time off selling my stuff on eBay. Yeah, for big money. Yikes! Uh, <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Um. Who else, man? Like, I don't know. There's. I mean, Bernie Rison. Yeah. He's yeah. Gone. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Uh, Jack Davis. Jack Davis. Yeah, Jack Davis. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No, just a blip. I mean, people like, I think that even like people that are into it, you know, they know this stuff because they've seen it, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they really look into like some of these, you know, kind of guys obscure, that were off to the side. Yeah. Classic obscure people. I mean, you don't even really hear too many people talk about like Steve Ditko. 
Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. Dude, he's he built the foundation Marvel was yeah. built on. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you do hear people talking about Kirby, but I mean, Dicko is right there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he, he's he's a second or third tier character to most people. Yeah. You know? If at all. Yeah. They, if they, if they even, even... Yeah, I mean... Oh, man. It's so crazy. It's strange, man. You know, you, you devote your whole life to this craft and, you know... It, it's a disposable medium, though. Com- comics were never really meant to last. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's like people don't even cherish the history behind it. No. Even though they're balls deep in reading and... Yeah. They like the lore, but they don't like, you know, the people behind it. You know, they don't think about that. Mm. You know, it's, it's like when people watch a good episode of a TV show, nobody thinks about the director of the TV show, you know? Except, like, people that are Until hard. Rob Liefeld dies. And <laughs> millions of... Uh, 40-year-old teenagers are going yeah. to be bawling their eyes out. Yeah. I'll be sad when he dies. <laughs> Fuck you, man. The show's hate... over. <laughs> I'll be sad when Liefeld goes. You know, it's like outliving one of your enemies. You know, what do you do? Then? <laughs> uh, <coughs> you continue to draw feet Yeah, ten times better than the guy yeah. you hate. I'm going to draw a foot on a post-it note every day. Put it on his grave. <laughs> man. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe his name. Did I bring him up? You yeah, brought him I up. brought him up. Yeah. Fuck me. It's all you. It's <laughs> Fuck all me you for buddy. doing that. In the same conversation as Steve Ditko. Yeah. And Bernie Wrights. And, well. On that note. What you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you also to uh, Mockingbird Network. For some reason, they haven't got a clue. And uh, I think they're just not paying attention. Shit can this show. Yeah. But whatever. That's that's the beauty of podcasting is you can't really get canceled. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta slog it out till you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something happens or nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, be on the lookout for our new uh, bumper stickers coming out soon. Uh, all you gotta do is send in your address to rotwpodcast at gmail and I will send you both of them in an envelope. Please put it on your car or somewhere noticeable so we can get more listeners. Temporarily. <laughs> because they will be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? It's Revenge of the World podcast. God, these people oh. just ramble on, and yeah. when they have nothing to talk about, they talk about comic books. Yeah. For Pete's sake. How many decisions have you made solely based on the fact that you saw a bumper sticker? Um, Actually, sometimes I'll check out whatever it is. I mean, it has to be something weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to... Tune into Rush Limbaugh because somebody <laughs> has a Rush Limbaugh sticker. Is or, Rush Limbaugh podcast? I don't know. Nah, probably not. Probably not, right? Probably not. No. Howard Howard Stern has a podcast. Does he? He just converts his radio he show into it, yeah. digital download. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. You got anything going on this week, Brennan? Uh, just I got the Adult Swim show coming up on Friday at Insomnia Gallery. Go check it out. Yeah, come come get some free beers and look at art, and yeah, it'll be fun. And something's buzzing. This is my leg touching a wire. Ah. My bad. What about you, Gabe? You got anything going on? I'm on the hunt, bro. On the hunt. Uh, Target is uh, s- mysteriously stocking some um, new Mego action figures of... <laughs> Frankenstein and Dracula. Uh, If anybody out there comes across any and wants to sell them for retail value, uh, (laughs) I'd appreciate it because I don't want to pay triple what they are worth on eBay. All right. So uh, other than that, hit up our social medias. They're all linked to revengeoftheworld.com. 
Um, other than that, Brennan, anything else? I'm good. All right. Thanks for listening. Gently go fuck someone. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Thomason Dieter on the phone. We're going to talk about the upcoming UFC fight, Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, which we are very excited to see. <laughs> What's up, dude? What are you doing? I just got through grilling some steaks, man. Oh, yeah? What kind? Huh? What kind of steaks? Um, Regular steaks you get from, like, Kroger's. Are they skirt steaks, T-bones, mm-hmm. ribeyes? Oh, ribeye. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, butter them like, up? Uh, butter them up? Yeah. A little bit of grass-fed butter in the motherfucker. Nice. It was, um, like, Joe Rogan's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no elk? Just the uh, American no beef? No elk. Just, just American beef. Hey, so, uh, do you want to break down the Conor McGregor versus the Conor McGregor fight? Khabib. Um, I can't do an impression of Khabib. <laughs> Nergamamedov. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I break you. Don't worry. <laughs> Send me location. <laughs> um, dude, I think Conor's gonna, I think Conor's gonna sleep him in the, in the, in the second. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's not gonna be a left hook. Because I've been looking at it like it's some of his training footage and like, I noticed he's like, He's kind of rounding off to his right. I think he's going to hit him with an uppercut. You think so? Yep. It's going to be a right uppercut. Huh. Well, it's going to be a combination. He never hits anybody with just one punch. But the but the move is, I think I think the thing he's going to take him out is the right uppercut. Seriously. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And he's a, and he's funny. He's a softball. But I was thinking, I was like, if I were like, if I was a trainer, that'd be the last thing I would expect is, you know, him start punching more dominantly with his right side as more of a power punch. Like, more of a, like, you know, using it more dominantly instead of trying to using the jab to set things up. Yeah. Like, he normally does. Hmm. And, and his feet work is so fucking phenomenal. I mean, I really honestly don't think, like, he has to worry about the takedown too much. Yeah. I think he does, but I think he's he's really going to have to... I mean, he's really going to have to take him out in the second round, or he's going to get tired. He's going to get toast. Yeah. He's going to be toast. Yeah. yeah. That's the key, is to put all the power in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something if, like, he knocked him out in the first round? Yeah, that'd be like, close to impossible, I would think. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be, like, the most, like, craziest fucking thing? Yep. Are you going to bet on the fight? Nope. I am. This is one where I'm more on the fence, because I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean... I'm assuming that Connor's going to wipe the floor with him, but you, you don't really know. You can't really make... No, no, you're right. You don't really know. A sure... A sure it's not a sure bet. Yeah. You're taking a little bit of risk. Yeah. Really not sure. Who are you going to bet on? Bet with? I'm going to bet Connor. No, I mean, um, what uh, service are you going to use? Uh, that, some, that one that gets promoted on TV, King something? Oh, yeah. The one the fighter in a cage used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because, hmm. like, I know they wouldn't share a brand that wasn't trusted. That's the only thing. I, I mean, I'm only going to bet, like, 20 bucks just to keep it, keep it real, you know? Yeah. I'll throw in some, I'll throw in some cash on that. Okay. All right, cool. dude. Uh, you got anybody else? Um, man, I don't really care about any of the fight. No, nothing really interests me on the card. I looked at the entire card, and I was just like, ah. It's a good card, but I don't really have any favorites, you know? Me neither. All right. I don't have any favorites. Connor is the only one I'm really, like, really interested in. Dude. I really, really enjoy Conor McGregor. Like, I I can overlook a lot of stuff that he does that just doesn't... Because he, he really does honestly try to promote the shit out of his fights. And sometimes it goes sideways. But Yeah. Did you, you know, watch the last press conference? Which one? The press conference oh, with Conor the, and Khabib. No, but I did watch uh, the Mac Life um, interview. Yeah, the Mac Life interview. Yeah, so did I. That was good. Good stuff. 
like he was really like he was really like even tactical like he was really tactical with like kind of like how he's saying about what he could and couldn't do and what like he's ready to what he's ready to deploy a little bit you know right like i i'm yeah. really interested in this you know because I, I look at stuff from an outside perspective like i'm not i'm not a fighter i've never trained um but i enjoy observing things from the outside and like putting them into context with history you know yes so there's a ton of great fighters at in this time period better than any other time period before it um and i'm sure there's going to be better fighters after this but but it's still i don't think it's the same but he is far and ahead of anyone else mentally and even skill wise because he uses like he uses an intelligent skill stuff is real basic he does basic martial arts it's so basic like it's not black belt level but it's like like you know advanced belt level you know what the you know what sets him sets him apart is he has an education he has an education on why those techniques work and when those techniques work and he uses a whole arsenal of tools that he has at his disposal he knows when to use them and why to use them yes it's crazy no you know nobody really you can see other fighters doing you know they they just don't understand like what they're what they're trying to accomplish as they do it you know it seems more like i know how to do this so i'm gonna do this and this and this over and over again and mix it up but they don't know they don't know why or when you know agree strange strange looking at at things from an outside perspective yes it is but it's also like because i've trained i've trained before and like coming from a person who's trained before like conor mcgregor's like technique and stuff like his technique is like flawless but like the things that he uses are like what like you know kind of like an advanced belt in any type of martial art would use like he's not real like there's nothing really super flashy everything's really simple but it's like the game plan in his mind like the chessboard that he's playing as he's fighting is what makes the difference between everybody else in that division yeah his brain is just as lethal as as his martial arts skills are i think his brain's even more lethal because of just that like that sheer confidence he has like he doesn't have any like pre-fight jitters you know like most other fighters do right he has that confidence that right there is a is an arsenal in itself yeah well he's been fighting at such a high level since he came into the ufc he was a two-time world champion and two in the same two the two divisions that he won in the ufc and uh and king of the cage or is it it was or is it yeah it was king of the cage right yeah i think so. so like i think so but it was like some big organization that's like subsidiary to the ufc like that in itself is a defeat like he's a two two weight division champion right and i don't know why like when when connor first coming on this when connor first stepped on the scene you know most of the pro fighters just took him as a joke but like all the real actual like guys who trained with him were like dude this dude is not a joke yeah <laughs> so. i think i think because fighters thought capoeira was silly yeah when it's not when you compare it to other fighting styles that are kind of flashy you know yeah there's there's 
I mean, it, it goes back to there's a reason and a time to use these weapons. And, and it's not like he fits in with most of the norm when it comes to, like, the, even his style of fighting. Like, most people use, like, a taekwondo background, mix in with some boxing, some, right. some elbows. And right. some people use, like, that Shotokan karate, like, uh, but not Shotokan, but Gairugi karate, like how uh, Machida kind of looks like, and Josh Thompson. What's the other, the other guy who fought... Um, who fought? What's his face? Uh, the welterweight champ. He fought him twice and he went to a draw. But he's but you no know, one one. But Tyrone Woodley won both. But oh. it was it was kind of went back and forth. That guy who fought Tyrone Woodley twice. I forget his name. But um, he has kind of a karate style. But if you look at Connor, he doesn't have a Muay Thai style, a karate style, somewhat of a karate style, but or a Taekwondo style of kicking. It's it's very efficient of how he uses each arsenal to his arsenal like each weapon to his arsenal it's just like a, a master hmm? striker yeah but it like even his style is mixed like striking and it's works perfectly for him. right he's the type of person that really took a martial art and says i'm going to make it work for me not for everybody else and right. he took it and ran with it cool dude um yeah i'll i'll uh i'll bring some money by this week and uh we'll we'll lay some down on the counter fight I'm ready, son. Right, ready dude. for this? Yeah. All right, I'm love you. All right, later. Too. Later.
planet! 